Hi, this is Kevin Moore. Hi, this is Sean Williams. And welcome to Fashion Decipher. On today's episode, we're going to talk about Halston and an exhibit that Sean went to um, recently in Long Island. Yes, this exhibit encompasses like a lot of Halston's work, and it ranged from um, him being his time in a Milner all the way up to his Studio 54 days and some of his licensing efforts. Um, it really was a great exhibit. Um, they had pieces um, from the very beginning, like I said, towards to the end, and even the costumes that he designed for Broadway. Um, it was really great to see. I think, you know, Halston is one of those designers who doesn't get enough credit or is not talked about as I feel that it should be, um, you know, in this day and age. We just don't really celebrate him the way that we should. So his niece, uh, Leslie Frowick, you know, she helped co-curate the exhibit with Nassau County Museum. And it just, I mean, honestly, it was a really great, uh, it was put together well. Yeah, I'm sorry I missed it. But like you said, Holston is someone who isn't talked about on the level that he should be. So maybe we should inform our viewers and listeners, I should say, on who Mr. Holston was. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just to give you some background into who Holston is, uh, Holston was born Roy Holston Frowick in the Midwest. He developed the interest in clothes from watching his grandmother sew. He took up the skill and began to alter clothes and create hats for his mom and his sister. Um, after he graduated high school, he did a brief stint in Indiana University where he, la where he later enrolled in night classes um, and at the school of, I think, the Art Institute of Chicago. Yeah, he also, he worked as a window dresser and opened his own business as a milliner. I mean, a milliner is a person that makes and sells women's hats. So his hat business began to pick up as actresses started to purchase his hats, such as Kim Novak, Gloria Swanson, and Deborah Kerr. I mean, his big break came when he was featured in an article in the Chicago Daily News. Soon after that, he began to go by his middle name, Halston, as his professional moniker. Yeah, and I think that's when he made that jump from Chicago to New York to expand his horizons. You know, he moved here and he began to work with a famous milliner at the time, Lily Dash. Um, you know, in less than a year, he was named as a co-designer of the Dash brand and began to mingle with some of the top fashion, you know, editors and publisher and publishers uh, at the time. Um, he left Dash and began to work for Bird of Goodman. Um, he became the head milliner in the custom salon. So that's a big jump from mm -hmm. leaving, you know, um, the Midwest and then moving to Chicago, from Chicago to New York and becoming the top or co-creator of a Milner brand. And then now moving on to the top designer of Berto Goodman's, you know, Milner salon. And there's a lot of people who work there as Milner, also who had um, their hats displayed, such as Bill Cunningham, you know, who just recently passed away and gained a lot of fame when they had a documentary made about him. Because mm -hmm. he started off before he was a photographer as a Milner as well. So Berto Goodman's is really, really, um, you know, instrumental in launching a lot of new designers' careers, you know, over time. Definitely. And I mean, what was his biggest highlight? Probably the pillbox. Yes, the pillbox hat, you know, um, it just was one of those things that kind of took off after Jacqueline Kennedy uh, wore it to her husband's presidential inauguration in 1961. And, you know, and after moving into women's wear, the magazine Newsweek dubbed him the premier fashion designer of all of America. You know, so for him to have a hat that was worn by Jackie O at the time um, at, you know, President Kennedy's um, inauguration, every woman wanted that. Jackie O has that style that a lot of women want to emulate and copy and be like so that kind of catapulted him 
into being like a name brand, you know, uh, mm -hmm. designer. I mean, just eight years later in 69, he started his own ready to wear line called like Halston Limited. You know, Halston debuted a minimalist and classic designs made out of luxurious fabric like silk and chiffon. And in the 70s, his usage of ultra suede was a huge hit. You know, Halston changed the way a designer approached a woman's silhouette. He cut at the at the bias of her of every fabric, which allowed the natural flow of fabric on the body. So I guess pretty much he made it flow right on the human figure, especially on a woman's body on her curves and accentuated what he needed to accentuate. Instead of it just being cut at like the waist or mm -hmm. bouffant out, it kind of like lay there and allowed the body to let the fabric move along with her. And he also he also included a lot of pants in his line too. You know, he believed that women. He's like, pants gave women more freedom to move, mm -hmm. you know, which is true. I mm -hmm. mean, I never wore a skirt before, but I can imagine how restrictive it could be. He also got into bridging elements of sportswear into women's clothing. He would merge features from both women wear and men's wear together. You know, it kind of reminds me of, he was like a, a an originator of gender fluidity. Exactly. I mean, you know, at that time, I'm sure, you know, in the, in the 50s and 60s, everything for women was wearing dresses. So for Holston to bring in men's wear lines into his... Uh, you know, women's uh, Holston Limited collection, you know, gave women more an option of items to wear. And I and I think that that was very innovative. And then also Holston became a fixture in the 70s club scene, especially at Studio 54. <laughs> very <laughs> iconic in New York City. Everybody knows about that with the disco scene, you know. You know, he was frequently photographed with artists and actors like Liza Minnelli, Bianca Jagger, and Andy Warhol. Yeah, the, the artist, premier artist of that time, you yeah. know. In the 1980s, Holston signed a groundbreaking six-year licensing deal, reportedly worth $1 billion with JCPenney's. Um, the line allowed Holston to expand his brand and make clothing, accessories, cosmetics, and perfume affordable. Today, it's expected for brands to do collaborations, you know, with like H&M and Target, you know, fast fashion or lower-end brands. Um, and licensing is such a large part of how many celebrities and fashion designers you know, market their brand through products to people who can't normally afford them. You know, for it to be so controversial back then, it really goes to show how ahead of the times that Holston was. You I know, mean, we expect that now, you I know? Mean, think about that deal though, 1980s for $1 billion. It's insane. Like that's a massive deal. I mean, that's a, a crazy investment from JCPenney. I mean, it just kind of shows how influential Halston must have been right. for a company like JCPenney at that time, which was a premier company, to Absolutely. invest a billion dollars into Halston. So, you know, and that's really, I mean, we expect that now, like I was just saying, you know, we expect designers to come out with, you know, a diffusion line is what they call them. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it could be, you know, affordable to the masses and also promote brand awareness. So, you know, something that he was like the first person to do that, you know. And he also became a cautionary tale because, as as history shown, uh, it felt like he felt like it cheapened his his brand. Right. You know, selling his clothing at Jason Penney's, I'm pretty sure the prices had to be dropped for their shopper, and then maybe people who bought the original Holster stuff mm -hmm. didn't feel comfortable buying stuff that the everyday person can buy. Yeah, and I mean, I think he wanted it for everybody. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, the people who purchased his Halston Limited line uh, at Birdo of Goodman's and even Birdo Goodman's themselves felt like, well, why, 
do we want to have this in our store if JC Penney's has it for a quarter of the price? So what is the point for Bird of holding it? It's no longer premier. You know, it's what every the everyday person could wear. So at that time, most of the fashion retailers, the major fashion retailers that was selling Holston Limited, his ready to wear collection, dropped it. You know, mm-hmm. and JC Penney, you know, dropped the line themselves, you know, soon after that, which is sad. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. And that and that was the early eighties and it, it's interesting. You look at his life from the early '80s. He didn't, he didn't see a lot past that time because he passed away in the '90s. Correct? Yeah, 1990, I believe, at the age of 57. That's very mm-hmm. young, very um, young. due to complications of HIV. You know, so you know. I mean, it's just important to note that he was not only a visionary when it comes to licensing and getting and branding his name. You know, this is a time that people didn't really do that. But he was also visionary when it comes to clothing. You know, and he also broke a lot of designers that we now know today. Um, he used a lot of people within his uh, Holston brand that helped him, you know, design the clothes with him that became, went on to become designers themselves, mm-hmm. such as Elsa Peretti. And, you know, everyone mm-hmm. knows her designs with Tiffany and Company. Yeah. You know, she was the one that designed his uh, jewelry uh, belt, his jewelry, and the perfume bottle. Mm-hmm. And then Ralph Rucci. Yes. And Naeem Khan, like bridal and gown designs. Naeem Khan is famous for some of the the gowns that he makes for bridal and for the red carpet. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the most sought after pieces are are made by Naeem Khan. I I mean the exhibit, like you said, was was curated by um, his niece, right? Right, Leslie Frowick. Leslie Frowick, you know, personal archives and at the Nassau County Museum. Mm-hmm. You know, the museum showcases like Halston's masterful pieces, ranges which from gowns, dresses, and his license and designs. And new designs including uniforms from the 76 Olympic team, Girl Scouts of America, and the looks from J.C. Penney, and just to name a few. Yeah, definitely. And I had a chance to speak uh, with Leslie Froelich about her uncle, you know, and, and we got into what made Halston so special and his design so classic and timeless. Okay, Halston silhouettes are classic, and because of that, many of his creations translate into today's fashion. How do you think he was able to capture the American woman's effortless style so timelessly? He just was a visionary. He knew the female form really well. He knew fabrics inside and out, and he knew what sort of cuts to make out of the specific fabrics to feet to flatter whatever the specific female form was. And he just had a vision to have it not be slated into anything sort of modern or whatever, but to just be classic that would live on. You work with your uncle during that time. Was Holson good at spotting and cultivating new talent? I say this because it's a team he surrounded himself with, like Steven Sprouse and Naeem Khan, Elsa Peretti. Uh, they all went on to do great things. He was extremely adept at spotting talent, and he really loved to nurture that and open doors for people who showed some sort of promise. And he did that with many, many, many people along his whole trajectory, along his career. Okay, and lastly, what do you hope the visitor will take um, with them after viewing this exhibit? Well, I'm just hoping that they will see how... um, how much really hard work it takes to create this sort of a legacy that it doesn't come easy. You just don't snap your fingers and make it happen. So it was through so much of his blood, sweat, and tears, his vision, his constant keeping at it. You know, it wasn't always perfect. He wanted to make it perfect. And I want people to understand that obviously he was extremely successful, but also that he was a really great person to so many people around him, generous and loving. 
that was a great interview. I like really the part was. where she talked about his ability, as you always mentioned, his ability to like spot talent. You know, I think it mm-hmm. does take a lot for some people, not only to spot talent, but then allow that talent to leave and to flourish elsewhere. Yeah, because that doesn't always happen. We hear plenty of stories about people who find out they have talent and they try to keep it next to them all the time. Yeah, she noted that he's very generous and he was very adept on and seeing people or people who have a talent within them and, you know, either help or nurturing that and, you know, letting them expand beyond him or, you know, staying within their circle and helping him make great pieces as well. And not only like was his designs widely recognized, but so were the people who wore them, yeah. like his models. And you had opportunity to actually rub shoulders with these people while you were there. Yeah, you know, um, some of the models, you know, that he used on a consistent basis were dubbed as the Halstonettes. Um, you know, and that roster included P- Pat Cleveland, K- Karen Bjornsson, Beverly Johnson, Nancy North, and Alva Chin, to name a few. Um, you know, I was able to speak to Pat Cleveland and Nancy North. Um, as you know, Pat Cleveland is a model and daughter of artist Lady Bird Cleveland. You know, she was raised in Harlem and she was spotted in Harlem to become a model. Um, and, you know, let's listen to what she has to say about working with Halston and about fashion in general and, um, you know, the impact. How do you feel about the Halston exhibit? Do you believe that it told the story of his designs? Oh, absolutely, because some of these photographs, you know, are back of the back of the scene when we went to Japan with Hiro and just our personal life and things, you know, we're like a close family. So these are almost like family snapshots. <laughs> I read somewhere that you had said you develop a swagger from hiding your flaws. And you were speaking about your walk on, because you kind of hide your slight bow leg, you had said in one of your interviews. Can you hold that true for like, does that hold true for like every everyday people? Like, you know, if you you can do what, develop a swagger in life from hiding your flaws? I think your flaws are the things that give you the contrast to what you actually think of as an idealistic thing. And then you can picture the thing that you want in your mind and work towards it. That's why we're given flaws, so that we can appreciate them and enhance them. That's true. And it makes a difference. It makes you an individual. Yeah, absolutely. So models today work pretty much the same. Um, you don't see the same like style of the past. Do you feel that the runway is missing a model really walking? No, my daughter Anna Cleveland is out well, there. So <laughs> she's doing the right thing. She's bringing back the old style and mixing it with the new style. So I think she's the best. <laughs> uh, you were part of the changing um, uh, historic Battle of Versailles. You along with 11 other black models were featured. What was it like to be a part of something um, that not only set the tone for American designers, but also, also for black models? Well, that's very important. You know, every time has its opportunity. And in that moment, it was the opportunity for the girls of color to step forward and claim what originally belonged to the movement, spirit, and, and, and uh, determination to be powerful and take your place. And that's what we always need to understand, is we deserve the best. Absolutely, I agree with that. <laughs> and speaking of diversity, on the runway and in print, do you see the tide ever changing for women of color? Um, you know, or do you think they're only featured like in waves? No, I think women of color are very important to the artists. And I think there's just more opportunity now because there's more magazines and there's more international flavor. So it's getting really spicy out there. Every color is of a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And that's why we need to show it more. Absolutely. I agree with you. 
that was a very good interview as well. Mm-hmm. I like what she was saying about um, the question you asked her with the diversity mm-hmm. on the runway and the fact that her daughter, she said, is now actually doing runway modeling. Like, how do you feel her response was to the runway uh, having diversity? Yeah, I mean, I think that was a it was a really great response. Um, you know, and also too, if you are a fan of watching runway shows, you do know that you know in the '90s there was like. You know, even in her time, there was a thing about having a walk. You know, models had a walk. Naomi Campbell has a walk, you know. And nowadays, all the girls tend to walk the same. And that's basically what I was asking her. Like, you know, where is the, you know, the, the difference and, you know, showing how, you know, where's your individuality as a model? Mm-hmm. And she was saying that her daughter, Anna Cleveland, you know, who did a lot of print model for uh, modeling campaigns for uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier, um, has a different walk. So she has kind of... Um, inherited, you know, a creative walk that Pat has. Pat has a very creative walk if you see any of his her old footage when she would mm-hmm. walk runways. So it's important to have some sort of individuality, I feel, on a runway. Sometimes all these girls who kind of walk down a runway the same is very boring, to me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as diversity is concerned, you know, you see these times where we bring up, and, you know, Beth Ann Hardison, who also was part of... Um, you know, walking at a time with Pat Cleveland. I know that's one of her uh, peers and colleagues, you know, during that time. Um, You know, she always talks about how, you know, she will talk about diversity and talk about it and then something's done about it. Then it kind of falls right back to where it was. And it's good to see that, like she was saying, that now there's so many options. You know, we have social media and then there's the internet and, you know, a lot of magazines are online, not just in print. And it gives more options to, you know, women of color to be examples to other little girls of what beauty is. So they can see themselves. No, 100%. 100%. And then also you said there was another woman at Nancy North. Nancy North. She also was a model. She was also one of the Halstonettes. And I got a chance to speak to her about what she thought the exhibit was like, you know, so we can listen to what she had to say. Good luck. Thank you. How do you feel about uh, the Halston exhibit? Do you think it showcases his best work? Well, to tell you the truth, I'm just looking at it right now. I liked what I saw in the Versailles room, mm-hmm. and I'm going to walk around to see the other rooms before I leave here today. So I think it's pretty uh, a, a deep, deep mm-hmm. exhibit. There's okay. a lot that they're showing. There's a lot, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And as a model, a designer, and a creative, do you believe that there's anything is missing in the world of fashion today? Anything that's missing? Well, I, what I think is missing is, uh, it's a very good question. Uh, I don't want to say, elegance is coming back, I hope, but I feel that is missing, elegance. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see people care more about how they dress right. in the world. Mm-hmm. I would like to see more of that. Mm-hmm. But it disappoints me and saddens me when I walk on the street and I see most people that they just don't seem to, to care. care about fashion. Mm-hmm. No, that, that makes total yeah. sense, absolutely. Um, especially athleisure kind of kills kill that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the changing landscape of Fashion Week? Because you know, because of technology, that whole look change and now the see now, buy now, you know, how do you feel about that? Because there's less yeah. runway shows. There's less runway shows. You mean just see now, buy now, yeah. don't do the show, just yeah, sort of like Instagram. Yeah, there's like a theatrical kind of thing missing from uh, Fashion Week now. I didn't know that. Tell me what, what it's like. Well, now, I worked Fashion Week last fall, and I did this spring. And I know Tom Ford did not have a show this year, and he also moved it to L.A. 
um, and it's basically showed a few pieces um, like in a room and then it was made to order and that was it no runway show no models not anything well you know I come from a different era and it's everything changes and I kind of feel that even if you don't like it you have to accept what's going on rather than unless you really are so enthusiastic you're going to try and do something about it if you can right okay? mm -hmm. but it points to that whole thing of I, 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 the younger generation, I don't know. I'm not in touch with them, but mm. I think they, they, they live with their phones and mm. the Instagram and everything. That So I wasn't raised with that. So right. I don't understand that connection. I'm not saying it's wrong or bad. I just don't know what that is. Yeah. So I think that everything is so instantaneous now yeah. for everybody. And that's why they don't want to wait for the runway shows yeah. because it's like six months in advance before yeah. you get the, um, yeah, the yeah. product. Exactly. So it's this, I want instant... <laughs> and luxury today, I think, has shifted. I think it's very personal today. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's different things for different people. Mm -hmm. It's not like yesteryears. It's not like oh, it's got to be luxury. It's certainly quality mm -hmm. and the wow factor, but luxury has become very personal and different for different people. What absolutely. it means. You're absolutely correct. And lastly, you work with renowned jeweler Elsa Peretti. Um, how was um, Halston and Freddie's working relationship? Like um, her making the, the bottles and the jewelry. How was that? Did they collaborate or did she come up with a lot of it? I think she came, came up with quite a bit of it. Mm -hmm. I think he was very turned on by it, obviously. Mm -hmm. He said, this is, this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I think they did do some collaborating. She, I think she came up with you know the prototypes mm -hmm. showed them to him and mm -hmm. you know, this is great and this is that he wanted to put it into his collection because it was unique mm -hmm. worked well with his clothes true true talent oh absolutely i, I love her she's, pieces uh, I, when i when i look at tiffany I, and i go and I see her her, her cases mm -hmm. there's no one like else no. and it's not derivative mm -mm. and then they can go back in the archives and bring up stuff that she made from in the the, the 80s that is still current well, look at this bracelet. I don't know if that even The loop, it is. It's still it I love back. this. Do you know how many people just stop me? And, and this is the Paco, I believe. Well, at the time, it was called Wave. Okay. I don't know if that's still called Wave. Mm -hmm. Is it? Yeah, there's a Wave piece well, and there's a Paco they're piece. They're all the wave. Gorgeous. Um, this is the only piece that is analysis, but mm -hmm. this, I love this. And the loop, I love mm -hmm. it. And love people, it. people look and go, where'd you get that bracelet? No, it's gorgeous. We saw it from across the room. Love yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> all you need is her jewelry. Yeah, and, uh, and it makes the outfit. Accessories is key. Yeah. Yeah. So I live in Florida, and uh, people believe in jewelry in Florida. <laughs> they believe in it. So I wear this stuff because you can wear a lot of jewelry, mm -hmm. and they like that, so they want to know. Another excellent interview. Um, mm -hmm. I found that very interesting. What were your thoughts on when she talked about how the average person dresses that they don't put a, much, a lot of effort into what they're wearing? You know, I mean, I feel... <sighs> To a certain degree, I'm a little mixed on it. To a certain degree, I understand what she's saying where a lot of people came out um, in her time, you know, dressed to the nines, whether that's with heels for women or, um, you know, a belt, coordinating jewelry, um, a dress, a skirt, a, pair, a pants and hair done up. Um, I do understand what she's saying because, you know, they always say, you know, always leave the house looking your best. You never know who you run into. And I get that. Um, but at the same time, you know, living in New York City, you live such a busy life. You know, we you're running around running errands and leaving work and stopping by their store. You may not have the time to leave out of your work clothes or the gym clothes. Um, you know, that's why athleisure is so huge right now, which I mentioned to her. Um, and you're wearing your 
not even sweatpants anymore. You have on the Lycra uh, spandex pants or, you know, kind of like the halter and the windbreaker jackets. Um, and you don't look your best because you're busy. So, you know, I mean, I get what she's saying, but at the same time, you know, people have very busy lives and to kind of, um, you know, prioritize the things that they need to get done. Sometimes dressing to the nines isn't as important as it used to be. What do you think? I definitely agree with that. You know, I do think there's a time where you should dress a certain way, but as you said, sometimes you're just busy, mm -hmm. you know, but I think you should always look presentable right, as best as you can. Now, if you're just running downstairs maybe to check the mail, mm -hmm. um, for those of us who live in apartments, I understand you're going to just wear what you're wearing. But even go to the supermarket, not saying you have to dress up and wear a tuxedo, but you can wear a nice pair of crisp jeans, a uh, iron shirt, a clean shirt, a button-down shirt, mm -hmm. even if you're just going to pick up the milk. So I get what, what she's saying, and I agree to a certain extent, but like you said, people are busy. Yeah. You know? I did find it interesting in the interview when you touched upon how oh, Fashion Week is being condensed because mm -hmm. the speed at which the consumer wants the product doesn't allow for this elaborate show and then you get these pieces six months later. Right. Yeah, no, totally. I thought that was very interesting. I mean, do you think there will be a time where it will go back? I mean, it's it's in such a weird space right now. I mean, specifically when New York Fashion Week is shown, it used to have its one area um, where it was at Bryant Park. Um, now, when you um, participate in Fashion Week, which, you know, we both have you you know you can be in chelsea or on the west side and then you could be in midtown so it's you know you kind of have to run all over the city like where it first began um but there's there's an energy that fashion week brings to new york city there's an energy there's an excitement um everybody's out dressed up you know kind of what nancy was hinting on um looking to be photographed there's paparazzi on every corner you know the everyday person who gets dressed up could absolutely appear you know on New York Times fashion and style uh, section um, because they're out dressed up. So it's very possible there's there's an energy and I'm sure there's money that comes into the city when people travel here to actually be here during that week. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't necessarily ever want to see it change or go away, mm -hmm. but I do know fashion is in this weird space where it's evolving and I know a lot of people have taken their ateliers and, you know, and brands over to LA for a while because that's a growing space. So, you know, I mean, I don't think it'll ever go away, but I, it's still interesting to see how much the see now, buy now will um, take away from Fashion Week. I don't know where it's going. I know some people have scaled back, but, you know, it still remains to be seen whether or not it's actually going to change the whole face of Fashion Week. And I liked an interview when, she, when you guys talked about the importance of accessories, like specifically jewelry. Right. You know, and I think sometimes people don't realize how important the little assets can um, affect your outfit. Absolutely. And I know you get that when it comes to your watches. I know you're a watch aficionado, um, you know, from men. That's basically a lot of what men wear for jewelry. And some men wear cufflinks and, you know, necklaces or bracelets or whatever. But I do know that you're a watch person. Um, you know, sometimes you may not even have to have the best outfit on, as she was saying. You can have a clean white shirt, nice pair of jeans for women, um, shoes, sandals, whatever. But sometimes the jewelry makes the outfit. It's the accessories that actually... Um, determine how the outfit looks, whether it looks dressed up or dressed down, depending on how ornate or simple the jewelry pieces are. So they definitely add a, a, a layer of uh, um, either classiness or dressed down uh, to the outfit. You know, it could change the look either way, what you depend on your wearing. It's funny too. I wonder, like when she was working with Holston and, and as you questioned, uh, when she would see Peretti and, and him collaborating, 
I wonder, did she realize what she was witnessing? You know, right. sometimes you get caught up in a moment and you don't even understand what you're really seeing. You know, that's true. She might say, "Well, this is just my coworkers, right? Like, doing something, creating something, not realizing like like what they're creating is something that's gonna last forever beyond their time." Yeah, know? it's so it's so interesting that you say that because I always say that about different times in the '80s when um, I felt like you know, too bad I wasn't old enough to witness, you know. I was way too young to witness the birth, you know, of hip hop or, you know, the times that Basquiat had walked around um, lower Manhattan selling his paintings off postcards in Washington Square Park. I wish, you know what I mean? Or I was old enough to pull off uh, Keith hammering um, spray paint things off the subway or in the subway system. So, yeah, I, I don't know if people really know what they're witnessing when they're in the moment. In the moment, you know, may not determine like, wow, you could take a step back and say, I'm witnessing greatness. I'm witnessing things that are being creative that will be here far beyond my time. You know, so yeah, you're right. That's a very good point. I wish I would have asked that actually. <laughs> no, I understand. I mean, I think you did well. The three mm -hmm. interviews and the, the exhibit sound like it was awesome. You know, um, thumbs up for, to Nassau and the Nassau Museum. And that was up to you for even being there and actually giving us the listeners. Cause I feel like I'm a listener today, <laughs> not really a participant of this world that so many people just really don't understand yeah and you know Holson contributed a well and I, I just really feel that I hope um, you know he would be more celebrated on a grand scale you know and I hope that he would be credited for a lot of the things that he's done um, whether it's the licensing and whether it's making clothes for the everyday person to wear the working person um, and I don't think he gets credit for all those things enough the way he should be you know, so hopefully this is the start of something. I think, you know, thanks to his niece for curating and bringing this to the Nassau County Museum and them even showcasing it. Um, and if you have chances to see something like this, um, if there's an Holstead exhibit where, where you are at or any type of costume exhibit, definitely go check it out. It's a, a way to learn more than what you know about that designer on a surface level. 100%. Well, for Fashion Decipher, this is Kevin Moore. Sean Williams. Thank you for listening. Make sure you visit our website, fashiondecipher.com, to get a visual on what we are talking to you about. Check out pics from events, of guest speakers, and exhibits. If you miss anything we post, you can visit our archives page. Also, while you're there, hit that subscribe button. Leave your email, and if you like, a comment. Tell us what you think or what you would want to hear on an upcoming episode. Don't forget to follow and friend Fashion Decipher on social media. Check out what we're up to. Speak, Speak with, with you, you next, next week. week.